Welcome to the Overflow Taps Craft Beer Experience. Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Taps Craft Beer Experience. We talk about anything craft beer with a heavy emphasis on tasting the beer. As always, I'm here with my good friend, business partner, and fellow craft beer fan, Adam Stacy. What is that, man? It's been a while. Yeah. New, new, new space, new, new, new studio. Yep. Uh, I got a new house. Podcast. Yep. I got a new house and, uh, we've got the bonus room. We've got it set up a little bit in here. It's not quite set up, but put the podcast equipment, just got it all plugged up. And this is our first yeah. podcast. Maiden Voyage. Yeah. Maiden Voyage. Uh, and is it our first one in here? Did we do a quick one? Did we do it first? Uh, this is it. All right. Uh, it's a little toasty up here right now, but we're going to cool <laughs> ourselves off with some very heavy beers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And we just put this together on a whim. Yeah, we've been uh, been a little away away a little bit. I uh, was moving a house, moving to a new house, and uh, we had a bunch of events kind of come through. So we we slacked a little bit on the podcast, but we're getting back in it. Yeah, man, excited to. You ready? Missed it. You got some big beers for us today. Yeah, we are doing some off-centered beers for off-centered people. I believe is their their thing. That's cool. For those of you who don't know, I'm talking about Dogfish Head Brewery out of Milton, Delaware. Um, I would guess most people that know mm-hmm. Dogfish know it probably for 120 minute IPA. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of the big. Yeah. Uh, that one's been been around for a while and been you know a high demand, hard to hard to get your hands on beer. Although it's slightly changing these days, yeah. but yeah. still it's crazy beer. But uh, yeah, today we have three other quite large beers that we're going to kind of work through one at a time. Um, so I think without further ado, let's just jump into this first one All and right. then we'll we'll get kind of going from there. Well, I'll crack it up. What are we drinking, man? Yeah. So we're going to start off light <laughs> with a... Uh, light on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Six o'clock on a Monday. <laughs> and uh, we're going for Palo Santo Marone, an Imperial Brown Ale aged in Palo Santo wood, um, which is a South African wood um, that's been used... Or sorry, South American wood used um, in winemaking typically. And what's pretty crazy that I'm... I found out is dogfish actually had some 10,000 gallon tanks made out of this wood, which are the largest in America since pre-prohibition. Amazing. That does not surprise me. Those guys, man. I mean, yeah. I'm excited to hear that, but like just knowing that business, it's like, that's not yeah. surprising to me. Yeah. Those are so legit. All right. Cheers. Cheers, man. Hold this up in the light and see. Yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty dark. Here. I mean, you can get a little bit of, it, like red mm-hmm. to it. It's not completely black, but very, very dark. Pretty brown, tan brown mm-hmm. head on it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The head retention on this is really yeah, nice, it's nice actually. for a barrel-aged beer. Well, it's been a while since I've done this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're deep in summer now, past these big beers. But uh, yeah, so right, I mean, right on the aroma, you're definitely going to pick on, up on that roastiness, that, that those kind of darker malts. and Definitely in there. I'm not getting any vanilla on the nose. I'm hoping to get it in the flavor. Yeah. They, uh, Dogfish describes the Palisanta wood as kind of putting off some spicy notes. So see if I can kind of pick some of that up. I kind of get that. I kinda, yeah, yeah. I see what, I see what, I think I, I see what they're talking about there too. Yeah. I kind of get whenever I smell spice in a darker beer, sometimes my nose picks it up as like a green olive. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to my mind. And I know it's not a green olive, but. It just has that. Yeah, that. That's a, that's the fun part about tasting and and talking about it with people too. Is like sometimes what you think something is, or or you know, once mm-hmm. you start tasting it around other people, you can kind of put an identifier mm-hmm. word on it. So it's kind of a good way for you to remember. 
Very smooth. Yeah, I just took my first sip. It's uh, kind of chocolatey. chocolatey. I get a lot of chocolate. Um, really smooth. I don't think we went into the stats. So this is a 12% 50 IBU beer. So it's not hot. It doesn't drink very boozy to me at all for being 12% beer, which isn't surprising coming from Dog Shed. It is kind of, I do, I, it's, a, it's a tad bit bitter, I would say. Mm-hmm. In a balanced way, though. Yeah, yep. Yep. Are you getting caramel now? Oh, now I am kind of getting it now. That I guess some of that, yeah, end. yeah, on the finish, and uh, yeah, definitely a lot of that kind of just roasty, um, you know, what you'd expect in a dark beer. So let's talk about these bottles a little bit. So these three bottles, um, this isn't like an on tap series or anything, and this we're not really, this isn't really available in the, at the locations right now. But we actually bought these for our members for our member program, right? Yep. Yep. So those guys will all get one one bottle each of these bottles that. Uh, comes as part of their member program uh, which one of the three one of the three oh yeah sorry my bad yeah i'm glad you corrected me (laughs) they'll get one of the three yeah (laughs) you get to choose yeah so that's kind of rad if you're not a part of the member program well you'll have an opportunity at the end of the year yep (laughs) yeah any other tasting flavors you're getting on this man to me it's not super complex it's not like something is this the brown ale right yeah Mm It's not uh, it's not super complex. I'm not a huge brown ale fan, uh, unless they're barrel aged. So I actually do like this one. It's yeah, I, I actually like this quite a lot. Um, it says a good cheese pairing would be farmhouse cheddar. That'd be kind of awesome to have. Ooh, a, yeah. I'll have to keep this in mind for because uh, mm-hmm. Twin Sisters yeah. makes a good farmhouse cheese, a really good farmhouse cheese. Yeah, that'd be kind of. I don't have any on me. I I used it at the. Uh, at the uh no we didn't have that one at this last event oh they, we had a different like smoked irish cheddar or something but oh gotcha yeah we'll have to do a cheese and uh mm-hmm. cheese and beer podcast for you guys starting to kind of have we're some so, fun playing around with that yeah now that we're so versed in the cheese yeah we're <laughs> definitely not experts but what i like about doing with the cheese tastings we have is it's really subjective and and it's like you just come in there and try it and if it tastes good and you think it pairs well then it's a good pairing yeah uh, their phone number is one eight 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 dogfish. In case you were curious. <laughs> so um, I think Dogfish Head is founded by maybe one of the oh man the most well known uh, people in beer in today's beer culture. Would you say? I would say so. Sammy, do you know, do you know how to say his last name? I don't know how to so, say his last name, dude. <laughs> I think it's Cal- Caligioni <laughs> is is uh the, the the way I hear it pronounced the, the most frequently. But uh yeah, this guy's been um he's quite a personality too, mm-hmm. and so he's been on a few TV series, I believe, and, and, and things as well. But uh he's started it um and they were I think they started in like ninety five, if I remember. I'll have to mm. fact check that. But uh oh, yep, and, and just, yeah, it was ninety five. So they've been doing it for a while, and uh, he's just kind of built this whole very large brewery off of crazy beers. Yeah, weird um, ingredients. A lot of like traditional, like he'll you know use like ancient ingredients that they used to use in beer and try to make Man. replica beers of those styles and things like that. And uh, and has been able to scale to what Dogfish is now doing that. So it's pretty impressive. Very impressive because you. I mean, you still have some flagships, but. Their brand is known yeah. for the weird styles, yeah. funky styles, and the big stuff. beers like we're doing today yep. too. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's another thing he's been able to do really well. Getting beer into the like fifteen and sixteen and eighteen percent alcohol range is not easy. It's hard on yeast, so you gotta you gotta like really you know 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 what's going on. I've heard stories that like you know they've had several batches of 
120, they've had a dump because the yeast just mm. can't can't make it or something mm-hmm. happens and mm-hmm. things like that where it's it's got to be painful. And I wonder happens. how much beer actually gets dumped at breweries because one of the things I thought about doing was in our newsletter, it'd be cool to... It'd be nice to let people know that beers were coming before they get released because with the tap trail, um, they they tell you when beers are released. But it'd be great to have a little bit of insight where we could say, hey, you know, this month these beers from these breweries are in the works or something like mm-hmm. that. And that'd be cool information that you could only really get following those breweries or this one thing we sent out every month or something like that. That would be cool. But my fear was like, how often they're not they're not saying that so there's a reason why they're not saying it to the public you know what i mean like right. how often does something not turn out or or does it change because yeah. it didn't come out right and you got to name it something different i think that these especially the guys in town they know what they're doing i don't think it happens all too gotcha. often gotcha. and it's just extremely expensive or you know like yeah. it's a Tough huge financial a yeah hit on them so i know like with a lot of these you know startup breweries that's why sometimes you uh you got to kind of cut them a little slack on the first couple of batches because if something doesn't quite work out how they want it to or yeah. how they pictured it coming out, it's like you can't afford, especially as a startup, to not serve it as long as it's still, you know, obviously like a clean beer and not yeah. affected or something like that. Yeah. But uh, one brewery, a little off topic, one brewery I've been really, really impressed with was Estima. Yeah. And just their their launch beers have been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming out of the gate hard. They're out of Bellingham, Washington, for any of you non Bellingham yeah. listeners. And new for yep. Bellingham listeners and maybe you haven't heard of them yet or been there. So yeah, as a friend of ours, Jason Harper and his wife started up and they're killing it. Great beers. Go check them out. We'll actually have some, I have some beers coming from them. All right. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it. This is actually pretty good. I like this beer. It's nice. And it's not too bad on a hot day. It's going down smooth. But yeah. Uh, on the topic of uh, just, I don't know, talking beer nerd stuff, I was pondering some thoughts the other day and it and it made me really think about what we were just talking about with startup breweries and how you kind of cut them a little slack on maybe their first couple batches yeah um don't turn out but i was thinking about this in the sense of like where they're at so starting a brewery is pretty tough these days like i feel like there's so many good breweries at making incredible beer especially in this area that there's like there's a lot of pressure to come out of the gates making really good beer but then on the flip side, there's also a ton of pressure to continuously make new beers. That's right. And so it's like when you open and if you brew a beer, a batch, and it doesn't quite turn out like you wanted it to, you got to kind of keep brewing it and dial it in. But at the same time, you're getting pressure to keep making new beers. Yep. So it's like, I, I don't know. That's one mistake I, in my, I don't know, in my humble opinion some startups make. And I haven't really seen anyone locally do it, but uh, they make a beer. It doesn't quite turn out what like they want, but like, like their first 10 beers are 10 different beers. Mm. And it's like, maybe you should make four and then Master figure out how bit. to brew those same four a little bit better the next time I and agree. kind of dial those ones in, dial your system in, and then and then allow yourself to kind of expand past that into some experimental stuff. I but, agree. Just throw on a really badass guest tap. Yeah. And have a really nice guest beer on while you're while you're working on your stuff. I yeah. don't see anything wrong with that. Although I'd probably be hard to do if I owned a brewery, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably a pride thing. But, but yeah, I'd agree. Focus on little changes to make that that beer the best that you can make it mm-hmm. don't put the whole bunch of styles well on. and if you only brew this beer once and then move on to a new beer and a new beer and a new yeah. beer there's not really a way i don't know i mean this is talking from not being yeah. a commercial brewer but <laughs> yeah. to to really dial everything in you know i'm excited for this next beer i uh just looking at some stats on it cool well yeah i'll yeah, move I'll into it i'll move into an introduction on that syracuse and nera is the next beer 
So this is a combination of a roasty imperial stout and a jammy Syrah wine. So it starts off as a big, dark, chocolatey stout, and they blend in some uh, some Syrah grape must. So yeah, this is going to be kind of weird. I don't, I don't really know exactly what to expect on this, but uh, it's another big beer, 10, 10% ABV and 60 IBUs. Jesse's rinsing out the glasses, and we'll, uh, we'll move into this one. All right, let me crack this bad boy open. My handy-dandy uh, bottle opener from Yopener's. Yep, sponsor of this episode's mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. As always. Does that thing have a can? Hey, if anyone out there has a good recommendation on a can opener, a good like you know beer can opener, send it our way. <laughs> so as Jesse pours this, it uh, looks pretty similar to the last beer. Kind of hold up in light. Very yeah, similar. you can see a little color through. Yeah, same Very color. Very similar. Same color head. Another nice head on it yep. for barrel aged beer. Um, so you you said Syrah? Something about Syrah as I was walking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a stout with uh, Syrah grape must. Ooh. What the heck's a grape must? I think it's like the skins, um, yeah. you know, like all the, the like. Hmm, I don't know. Grape. Let's look it up. Yeah. Let's look it up for our listeners. Come on, man. We should know that probably, right? Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's freshly freshly crushed fruit juice, usually okay. grape juice that cool. contains skin, seeds, stems. So just a bunch of m- mashed up Syrah grapes and the age of this beer on it. Yeah. Uh, right on the aroma, you can definitely notice there's some, you know, dark fruit. I was going to say the same going thing. On. And that, that's pretty overwhelming on dark the aroma. Fruit. I, I don't get a lot of that roastiness or anything like the last beer or like what you would expect from a Imperial Stout. Wow. It's kind of interesting smell. It's not. I'm um, hoping this is going to be. This seems like it's going to be a little more complex than the other one. Yeah, it's not like anything I've really smelled. It's hard to describe. I'm gonna go ahead and sip on this. That's different than the other one for sure. The Syrah, the grapes, and the fruity notes hit me real quick up front. Yep. And then it, it kind of like turns to roasty stout on the on the finish. You can taste the fruit. I can taste the mm-hmm. fruit. I can taste the dark fruit. Yeah, so this is Asian American oak, which um, should add some, you know, kind of vanilla notes and stuff to it as well, which I'm definitely picking up slightly in there. Mm-hmm. It's subtle. Tastes a little oaky. Are you getting any coffee? Not much. No. It's the stone or like the fruits and kind of plum stuff is mm-hmm. kind of dominating dominating it in, in, a, in a way that I'm happy with, you know. But it, the stout's kind of smooth and subtle. And again, this beer does not drink like a 10% beer. I was going to say the same thing. Pretty light body too. I mean, it, it's, you know, probably medium body, but it's not super, super heavy like a lot of bigger stouts that I've had. Yeah, no, this is pretty tasty. I do like the fruit on this. What, 10% ABV and 60 mm-hmm. IBUs. I don't, I'm not picking up on that bitterness either. I saw some... I saw some mm. rust, rusty nail in the cooler when I went and grabbed these, dude. Mm. Yeah. What do you, yeah. you got hiding in there, bro? What do you got hiding mm. in there? <laughs> I heard this year's vintage of rusty nail is quite, quite tasty. It's like, oh, there's a box up there. Saving it for a rainy summer day. That's what I'm talking about. We've had a lot of those this year. <laughs> what do you think, man? What are your thoughts? Uh, this is Talk good. To me. Like I'm waiting, kind of waiting for it to warm up. I think the vanilla is going to kind of kick in for yeah, those barrels sure. as I'm getting it a little bit now. I do like it. I will say that it is good, but I feel like Maybe it may be a seasonal thing, but I feel like we had some in winter that I feel are better than both these beers. Sure. These are good, but mm-hmm. this is like the jamminess, the fruit that yeah, is still that, in my mouth. 
That's a good. That's a great way to describe it. It's very jammy, and it is good. I'm just. I'm not. I don't want to downplay it. It's a phenomenal tasting. It's a beer. really great beer, and yeah. it would be great with uh, paired up with some kind of nice meat or something mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Does it have any pairings online? No, I don't see any pairings. Yeah, online. no, they listed some on the other one. I don't think they did for this one, but uh, I think this would be another good cheese beer. I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. some out there that you mm-hmm. can find. Beautiful. So, Taco Shed, you ever been? <laughs> <laughs> not, yep. not going over to Delaware often. No. No, it'd be nice to get a little cameo from uh, Libby. <laughs> yeah. I hear they got some hotel you can go stay in over there. Like some, I don't know. I don't know sure. what the rumors are. I don't yeah. know if the rumors are true. Who knows what's going on over there? All right, man. What's this next beer we're moving into? All right. Third and final this beer. This is kind of the uh, the granddaddy of the day. Worldwide Stout. It makes uh, me think. What a simple name. <laughs> Prestige Worldwide. Prestige <laughs> <It's> Worldwide. so <laughs> good. A very um, dark beer brewed with a ridiculous amount of barley. That's what it says in the bottle anyway. This is kind of one of Dogfish's like, um, big beers like I would Ooh. say like they mentioned here too like um, four in 120 minute like those are kind of like their big ones mm-hmm. that they're really pushing the limits on this one too so th- like I like on their website they give a range of ABV <laughs> it's like 15 to 20 percent this bottle specifically says 16 so 16 percent I mean that's that just brings back to what I was saying is yeah. like it's crazy to get a beer up into 16 percent 70 IBU is probably just to balance that malt sweetness that you're going to have. You got to have some bitterness behind it. I love it. Worldwide yeah. debuted in the winter of 1999, and the staying power of this brew is undeniable. Cool. Yeah. Pairs well with Midnight Moon Goat Cheese. That's Ooh. kind of interesting. Did you see the food pairing they listed too? I like this bacon chocolate cheesecake. It's like, where do you, <laughs> where do you come, come up on, with this man. stuff? Come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. This looks Cool. Pretty much well, the same as yeah, the rest of the beers. Pretty similar color. Yeah. Actually, this one's like pretty much just black. Like you can't even really see through this at all. A licorice. Yeah, I guess some of that licorice, and I still get some kind of fruity notes to it too, too. which is surprising. Me too. Definitely roastiness in there. But the licorice I get is kind of red licorice, not black yeah. licorice. Roastiness kinda, for sure. I, you can kind of feel it in the nostrils. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> it kind of stings yeah. the nostrils. It's got a little, got a little booze aroma to it. I'm excited about this. I get it's very malty. Yeah, this beer is this beer is a little on another level than the other Whoa. as far as like body as well. Very heavy, very like uh, viscous almost. <laughs> like it's uh, yeah, it's it's syrupy. I was gonna say sweet and syrupy would be mouthfeel of syrupy, and then I also taste it in there. It's a little sweet, mm-hmm. and war- like this is this is a winter warmer mm-hmm. for sure. This will be a great beer in the winter time. <laughs> it's like eighty degrees. And We're gonna have to stash a couple of these away for. They say, um, like the you know those other beers, like it only gets better with age. They keep saying, and I think they say up to like ten years on these ones. Oh geez, with all these beers, I think they they've all said coffee notes, you know, and I've, I have found it actually kind of hard to pick it up in, in the beers. I'm looking for it, you know? So it's like, maybe I don't exactly know what a coffee notes, but unless it really stands out, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of a um, fine line between like roastiness and like coffee. Mm-hmm. Cause they're kind of similar. Uh, and coffee could be a little bitter too, right? Yeah. I mean, the coffee is like so vague. Yeah. <laughs> this one I like, I like this one a lot. Like, I can definitely see wintertime. It's warming me up. Yeah, this is good. This is this is good. Which isn't a great thing on a hot day. It's already warm up in this room, and yeah. now I'm like getting, getting warm hot. on the inside get, and outside. Getting hot just drinking this <laughs> yeah. thing. Oh, man, it's good. 70 IBUs. 
that's so weird. The bitterness is hidden in, I mean, you, I don't really feel that. Yeah. Anymore. I think you just got to have it to keep up. Otherwise it would just be overwhelming. But yeah, I mean this beer, <laughs> they even say, I was just about to say this and then I was reading their site. This beer is a dessert beer. They say it goes yeah. great with or as dessert. <laughs> and I believe that. Yeah. Although I'm not going to lie, like looking at the food pairing where it says lamb sliders and short ribs, this would be really good mm. with short ribs. Very tasty. Well, cool, man. This has been uh, awesome. A total random uh, podcast day. That yeah. Was we had some fun bottles on hand. We had to do it. It's not yeah. really the appropriate weather for these, but uh, it was good. fun. Yeah. Good beers. Yeah. It's good to be back at it. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. Adam and I truly do appreciate it. We own a social good tap house up here in the Pacific Northwest that donates 25 cents a pint to charities that provide access to clean drinking water in developing countries. And so we started this podcast to just connect with more people and hopefully spread more awareness for our mission. Again, thank you so much for listening.